and welcome to the Music Teacher Coffee Talk podcast. I'm Tanya. And I'm Carrie. We are both elementary music teachers who love to talk shop, preferably over a steaming cup of coffee. This is episode number 73. Today we're talking about building relationships during challenging circumstances. We'll also share some highs and lows from our summer, and we'll discuss changing practices in a segment we're calling No Better, Do Better. And in our CODA section, we'll give some specific recommendations of our favorite things in and out of the music room. So grab your beverage of choice and let's get started. So we are going to go back to sharing some high notes and low notes. We typically do this from a teaching week or a couple of weeks, but we're going to talk about high notes and low notes from the summer. I think we'll just focus on high notes, unless you want to talk about low notes. Oh, I think we should really go high. <laughs> I mean, I think the low note is obvious. We're the, just... the, this is the time for us to go high in so many ways. Yes. Ooh, nice. Good. Um, so, Tanya, what were some of your summer highlights, professional or personal? Okay, well, I think there. we've talked a little bit per- personally, so I'm going to go professional. Um, this summer, I really did a lot of online professional development. Um, We were focused on social emotional learning with our book club, but I also did attend some social emotional learning uh, web seminars. Mm -hmm. Like we watched the one from the author, Scott and Edgar, uh, of the book that we read. Uh, And that was excellent. I took a course called Empowering Music Teachers to Decenter Whiteness which was put out by Nissa Brown and Karen Howard through Music Ed Forward. And I think we've talked about Music Ed Forward um, and how they just, uh, Nissa Brown, that's her music education consulting business. And I mean, we know Nissa and she's just really excellent in everything she she does. So that was an excellent course and it was a heavy duty course. There was a lot of things to reflect upon and include. Um, I know that this course, Empowering Music Teachers to Decenter Whiteness, it got a little bit of flack because it was led by Karen and Nissa, um, both of who, both of whom are white mm-hmm. music teachers. But I am going to say that they did an excellent job of centering um, people of color and black people and um, music educators within their community um or not even within their community but they they had some wonderful voices going on so yes they did lead this course but it was it was really really good and i'm still going through some of the tasks in that course and trying to figure out how to best start utilizing things in my own classroom anyway um i read a lot of things as far as social emotional learning but also decentering whiteness and uh, yeah so th- I'm still thinking through a lot of things and I have to remember that I have 25 years of teaching um, that I've already gone through that was not focused on this so I just have to remember that I cannot change everything overnight so yeah. that's my big thing and I'm sorry to ramble. No, but that's, that's our all awesome takeaways. This is what really is on my mind: um, is the social emer- social emotional learning and the the trauma that students have gone through, and the trauma that we have gone through. That yeah. I think that is that's kind of the elephant in the room that we're not really talking about yet, because I think we're too in it to really view it 
right yeah. now. So I'm trying to keep that in mind, but I really want to be extra intentional about decentering whiteness in the music room. And I'm, yeah, I'm working on it. So the PDs, all the things that I took in, um, I'm still, I feel like I've said it before, I'm still unlearning some things I'm, I'm starting to learn, but I feel like I'm still unlearning. So that's my big professional takeaway from the summer is that I was really trying to just take in a lot of stuff. Some, most of it was awesome. There are a few things that, that can't land yet. Um, anyway, so that was my high for the summer, even though it sounds like it was not exactly high all the time. No, that makes sense. It's lots of learning. And I think that has been one of the blessings in disguise of all of the COVID times is all of the online resources that have become available so quickly. Um, all of the NAFME webinars that were offered for free throughout the summer. I watched a couple of those. Mm-hmm. Anything that um, the folks from Decenter, or sorry, Decolonizing the Music Room, anytime they do a webinar yes. or something on Facebook or whatever, I'm watching that, yes. listening to that. I also, um, <laughs> I'm enrolled in the course you just talked about, Nissa and Karen's course, the uh, Empowering Music Teachers to Decenter Whiteness, but I haven't started it yet, so I'm so thankful that it can all be done asynchronously. Yes. My big summer thing that I did was I taught a grad school course this summer. So because um, at Colorado State, we couldn't do our regular in-person Kodai levels, we offered a course to some of our um, students who are who have already taken level one, and it was really just for them to keep up their skills and also get a few more credits towards their graduation plan. So I just want to give a shout out to my my cohort of eight amazing students, Deanna, James, Laura, Laura, Nicole, Kelsey, Monica, and Ariel, and we just had an amazing seven weeks together. I mean, not only was it my first time teaching a grad school course, then it was also all online. Yeah. <laughs> so I had to learn a whole new platform and figure out, you know, a good balance of And of you put out and... so many awesome things oh, for this class. Well, thank you. I kind of wanted to be in this class because I was like, <laughs> oh, man, I need to be having this discussion. And all yeah. of these teachers that were in the class, I mean, they were also my students at one point. Right. And they are all amazing, wonderful, and they just went above and beyond oh, totally. in this class. Yeah, Tanya knows because I've been filling her in all summer. Um, yeah, and I've, I have I really went with the route of like, you know, the, the whole idea of repertoire and decentering whiteness, but we really did dig into repertoire specifically because we know that in our Kodai world, we're coming across a lot of our repertoire is, you know, has racist roots or Mm -hmm. somewhat problematic in some way. So we did a lot of research, myself included. I did a research project as well. We all did a research project and shared about Mm -hmm. one of the songs that are considered to be questionable for one one reason or the other. And it was just a lot of fun. And then, of course, we still talked about pedagogy and we still did some song analysis. But then we were also having lots of conversations about, well, what's this going to look like this school year when we can't hold hands and we can't do dancing and we did our peer teaching on zoom so it was just a really interesting learning experience but I had a lot of fun but it was a lot of work so because of that I signed up for a lot of courses that I actually haven't gotten to dig into I also signed up for Aileen Miracle's um tech for music teachers oh yes I did too and that was so helpful I've done a little bit of but I still haven't finished the whole thing and both Tanya and I, we also did some presentations, which we should mention and thank. I want to thank um, the Rocky Mountain Orf chapter and Rocky, the regional organization of Colorado Kodai Educators, for yes. hosting both of us for sessions. Yes. And you just did a session yesterday. I did, with Snake, and they are the C- Sierra Nevada 
um, Association of Kodai Educators, Snake. Yeah. Um, and wow, what a wonderful board they have. And yeah, wonderful participants. And this was my second time presenting like all, all on Zoom. So I feel like I, I'm, I'm, I'm getting the hang of it more and more. Yeah. And um, this is like the new world we're living in, at least for now. So that was a great experience. And I shared a lot of tech things and music activities and and how to use tech tools to enhance those things and you know in this tech world we got to remember that we're we're servicing the music part right that the music the connection comes first and then how can we make it all happen through tech so that was mostly there and i will be also presenting for queensland australia their kodai chapter woohoo woohoo um and that's coming up and um i'm sorry everyone in the u.s i don't think you're invited uh, <laughs> if you're not australian you cannot I, I don't i don't really know the details but anyway um but yeah so we've experienced um learning some tech in our presenting and our yeah. learning and all of that that's been new yeah it's just been a big summer of Learning, teaching, teaching, learning, growing. Yes. All together. All together. And now it's time for our main theme. We are focusing on building relationships during challenging circumstances. Um, And so it's the beginning of the school year and we just kind of want to give a little rundown of what's on our minds as far as starting the school year, a totally different school year. Uh, I know both of us will have some online two weeks before that before we are in person with kids. And then as is the case with everyone, we understand that we could be shut down at any time and have to go back to teaching strictly online. So yeah, so we're gonna talk a little bit about how we're getting our heads around that. And at this time, normally we'd be talking about planning for the school year. We might be talking about what we are doing as far as the setup of our music rooms or things that we're putting up or unit plans or long range plans or any, any of that. That's kind of in flux right now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you're like us, you're probably getting like five emails a day and the email you got in the morning is different than the email you got in the afternoon. So I think flexible is like the theme for right now that we can have some loose plans, but we also have to be ready to change on a dime. Yes. So um, just to put it in context, we're not going to talk a lot about our individual schedules because we know everyone's dealing with different things, but just to put in context of what we're doing, so what we're talking about today makes sense. Mm -hmm. Um, Our district in Colorado, we are starting uh, remote only with students tomorrow. Tomorrow is the first day of school. Yes, it is. So all of our students, K through 12 in the entire district, will be remote only for two weeks. During the first week, the expectation, I think in both of our buildings, is that we just kind of send something out to the students in an asynchronous way just to be like, hi, I'm your music teacher, I'll see you soon, kind Mm -hmm. of a thing. Um, There's really not a big expectation for us to push out like a lesson and have kids respond because really we just need kids to get connected on their platform, whatever Mm -hmm. that may be. Our, our district is basically doing K through two is Seesaw and third grade through, well, sixth grade, because I still have sixth graders at my school, is Google Classroom. Um, and then the second week of this remote learning time, most schools are doing some sort of orientation process where students are coming in 
either like one-on-one with with one parent and taking a tour of the school or they're coming in for like a half day and doing like an orientation so we're each expected to be a part of that in our building like Mm -hmm. the kids are going to come maybe to like do like a little 15 minute music class just to get used to what it's like to come to my room oh I'm not doing it in person during that week okay yeah but I but we are having families sign up for like a tour yeah Um, And this is a chance where they also check out their device if they didn't keep it over the summer. A lot in our district, um, a lot of schools told certain students, uh, certain grade levels, keep this device over the summer because we're just going to give it back to you in the fall. But so I know that my team, art, music, and PE team will be helping to pass out devices, maybe helping to tour the school. But then there's these rules about like how many people should be in contact with. Oh, that's true. Yeah, so we also have two days of assessment that okay. are always at the beginning of the school year because there's these standardized assessments, which, as far as I know, Colorado has not let go of this year. <laughs> of course. We'll see what happens. Um, but understandably, the standardized assessments that this, the info that and data that classroom teachers want is before they've had any any instruction at all, right. so they can show a lot of growth, which makes sense. And a lot. they know where the kids are at for their kids. Right, exactly, and they get to know their their kids. So right. during the second week, um, in my building, us art, music, and PE. Oh my goodness, excuse me. <laughs> art, music, and PE. We will be pushing out a lesson, an asynchronous lesson, and oh, okay. we're going to hand that over to the classroom teachers. We're going to email the classroom teachers because we're anticipating that we won't have kids signed up for our Google Classroom exactly. or our, you know, Seesaw, and we don't want to put that on them, so we're going to put it on the classroom teachers. Yeah. I think that it'll be fine. I'm doing the same. And then, basically, after Labor Day, then, we are coming back in person. Full force. So, yeah, K through five, um, they are in person, 100%. Now, students could also choose a remote-only option, and that's like a whole other situation. But as far as the kids who are choosing in person, they come to school all day, they have specials, and in our district, we are allowed to have students come to our classroom and teach in our classroom, and we are just supposed to space them out as much as possible. They'll need to wear masks full-time, and then we're getting some guidance as far as what we can and cannot do, but it's honestly still kind of, I think, a lot at the discretion of the teacher. And, like, if we want to have students share instruments, sure, but then we have to clean everything between classes. Mm-hmm. And I think everyone's schedule, yours is probably the same, is set up in a way that allows for at least 10 minutes between classes that we have for that cleaning. Right. I want to go back to, you said if you want to have kids share instruments, sure, but you are not talking about within one class period. You are talking about from class to class. Yeah. Well, either way, I mean, like, yeah, if I'm going to have I just a bucket to... of rhythm sticks. Right, but we're not allowed to grab things from buckets. I, that's that's what I'm saying. I don't. I haven't seen anything that specifically says you can't. Oh, as long as you okay. can clean in between classes. Right. Okay, so what I was trying to pin you down on was <laughs> if a kid uses a woodblock and a mallet yes. in a fourth grade music class. Yes. Can that kid pass that woodblock and mallet to another kid? Are you, oh. That's what I'm... I, th- I didn't think so. No. I thought everything needs not to be sanitized. Right. Yes. So I... This is one clear guideline that I'm going with. If a kid uses an instrument within my 40-minute class, um, that's the only kid that's on that instrument during that class. Yes, totally. So here's yeah, a yeah. tubano. You know, here's my rainbow tubano. Mm-hmm. And... 
Carla is playing that rainbow to and Carla's the only one who touches yes. that rainbow to Yeah, Bono. there's not going to be round robin passing no. instruments. No, which is going which on. is uh, I'm a big fan of that, and we're not yeah. doing that, right? Yeah. But I think it's okay to have, you know, okay, my fifth graders come in and they play the tubanos. Now I wipe them or spray them in some way that doesn't damage the instruments. Still trying to figure that out, and then there's ten minutes. The next class can come in and play. Right. However, I'm just going to say I'm not planning a lot of that for the first, like, month, especially of the school year. I'm just going to kind of let the dust settle, so to speak, and let the first couple weeks go by. I'm not planning on getting any instruments out the first couple of weeks. Right. Just just to kind of wait and see if there's more specific guidelines. Right. Um, when I do bring in instruments, because I do want to bring them in maybe, oh gosh, maybe the second week, um, I think what I what I plan to do is... For example, drums. I, if I have enough, I do have enough drums for a fifth grade class. Yeah. Only fifth graders are playing drums. Right. Like I'm not then gonna have the next the class next play drums, class. or even two classes later play drums yeah. because number one, I don't want to spray that stuff. You're supposed to spray the the disinfectant stuff and then let it sit and let it dry. Right. That'll damage the instruments. Right. 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 And. I still need to experiment with using, like, the cling wrap and all of that. Or shower caps. Yeah, Carrie's got a lot of shower caps. <laughs> um, I'm really fascinated to see how that goes. I, I'm not going to talk about it yet because I haven't specifically tried it. It's just, it's just on a whim. But, um, oh, and we should also mention, um, well, there's so many fun things to factor. Tanya and I are both at two schools this year. Um, and the way that our schedule works is we are on two-week rotations, meaning we will see, and you can correct me if yours is not quite the same as mine, but, like, at my home school, I will see the same set of classes every day for two weeks. And then the next two weeks, I'll see a different set of classes. So there's basically two classes per grade level. And then for the next two weeks, I go to my other school and I see one set of classes. But the idea is we're not traveling within the school day. We're not even traveling within the school week. We're doing two weeks with the same cohort of kids, you know, K yes. through five, or in my case, K through six. And then, um, so it's basically two weeks on, four weeks off, which from a pedagogical standpoint, exactly. I, hate it. I was it's about horrible. to say, I dislike that pedagogically. As far as people not getting sick and dying, yeah, let's do that. Yeah. 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 So mine is almost exactly the same. Um, one thing, are, as of today, and I'm sure this will keep, uh, one, for anybody who is a traveling teacher between two schools or, or more, which they, we've got those because we've got elementary and band and orchestra, but they want us to only visit one school during a day. Right. And even during a week, which is why we have these two-week rotations. So at my second school, we are only teaching three classes. And so we're going to – so whoever's teaching at that second school, which is no longer my cute little mountain school, which is a different school. <laughs> yay. <laughs> um, but no seventh and eighth graders, which is there kind you of go. like, yay, boo, yay, boo. I kind of was getting, I, I felt like I needed more time with, well, whatever. I'm getting off. All right. So in the second school, we're only responsible for three classes. So when I'm at that second school, I will teach those three classes. And then for the rest of that school day, I'm going to be teaching two remote only classes from my home school. Yes. So as that right now we're going to be teaching a kindergarten completely online wow can't wait that's going to be interesting <laughs> and a third grade completely online 
And so it's been kind of interesting to have these discussions because the second school, I understand maybe that people at the second school are like, wow, you're, you're hanging out here. Why don't we put you to work with our kids? Yeah. But because I am mostly owned by my homeschool, the off time is supposed to be with for your for my home kids, kids yeah. and I won't be at their school. Yeah, and I should mention at, at my home school, we have gosh, the last I checked, it was like sixty five percent of our student population has opted for remote only, which is like the highest so percentage that I've heard of any school in our district. It's nutso. So we're still trying to figure out. Um, it looks like we are going to be responsible for teaching those remote only kids, but that's really putting a huge kink in our schedule because that's a lot of classes I mean that's basically an entire set of of grade level classes um also teaching remote only so we're still figuring that out I I cannot even speak to what that's going to look like yet because we're literally still it, it kind of changes like every day or yeah. every other day or oh and to add to the complication at my home school where I have sixth grade they're on a hybrid model so <laughs> they're at school two days a week yeah, even the sixth, oh, the graders, sixth graders at, our at elementary, elementary are doing a hybrid oh model, so we still don't know what that looks like for for AMP either. Other than I'll see the kids when they're in school for sure, but I'm only going to see them two days a week rather than oh my. five days a week. And then we were talking about this off mic, but I think it needs to be said. And please remember this and mention it to your administration when you add um, remote classes to a music art or PE person's schedule. You are essentially adding another curriculum. Yeah, you're not because, going to just teach the remote-only yeah. kids exactly what you're teaching in person. It, yes. Even if you are doing the same assignments, like I plan on doing a lot on Seesaw and Google Classroom with my in-person kids for Me two too. reasons. One, because that way we're ready if we go remote-only. Mm-hmm. They've had that experience at least a couple of weeks, hopefully, to, to get used to Seesaw and how I put things out on Seesaw and Google Classroom. But also... They have their own device and they're able to work on that. And that's what's going to take the place of sharing instruments for a little while or doing worksheets and sharing pencils. Like, I'm probably going to have a CSAR Google Classroom assignment almost every day. Right. For those first couple weeks. Right. So, and then the other thing is that the people, the kids that are in person, you want to be able to, like, have them play instruments if you have a situation like I have a lot of keyboards I've been collecting over the years yeah I want to set up my keyboard lab right and have like just one grade level and they'll be assigned a specific keyboard right I think I can make this work so if it's third grade on keyboards and then I've got his third grade remote remote uh, what am I gonna do like yeah. hey, everybody roll up to your piano um yeah no I, yeah you yeah. can't just like even my, my one of my principals said well can't you just take a video of your music class and push it out to the remote only kids yeah but how sad for them like they're gonna sit there and watch other people making music like that's sad and then you can't do that anyway because of FERPA well and that's what I told him too and he's like well you could just have the video on you and not on the kids I'm, I'm like, like even worse yeah <laughs> <laughs> So anyways, we're still trying to work it out. I guess the reason why we just wanted to share this with you is, again, to kind of put in context what we're going to talk about next and kind of what we're going to do to, to build those relationships. Because we know that's in a normal year, that's what you do the first couple weeks of school. Now, normally I'd be doing this through singing games mm-hmm. and through practicing routines and procedures in a fun, you know, interactive way, getting those instruments out. But, you know, this year is different. 
So we're going to talk about how we can build relationships with our kids when you're remote only. Mm-hmm. Like, so what we're going to be pushing out to these kids during during this remote only period. And then asynchronously. Also, yeah, asynchronously. But also, well, you're going to talk about that. And then we're going to talk about, you know, what can you do if you are back with students, but you're socially distant. You're mm-hmm. as many feet apart as you can. Everyone's wearing masks. What are some of the things you can do? So we're really, we're, we're really focusing on like three different environments, right? Yeah. An asynchronous online only environment a synchronous online environment through zoom through google meets right right? and then a in-person but socially distanced which is the thing that i think that we need to remind families and parents of you going back live in school is not like and this is our back to normal world it's not going to be like that still almost the same as what you would maybe do remotely so like as far as what you can and cannot do yeah it's yeah i'm a little worried because i feel like for especially for elementary students, it's almost too tempting because it's like, oh, here we are back together. Oh, don't touch. Nope, yeah. don't get too close. Nope, can't touch that. Like that. We're back to normal, but not at all. We're not back to, it's not, there is no normal now. I mean. No, this, yeah. Yeah. Which is why we're talking about this. Okay, okay. <laughs> so let's talk about remote. And I'm going to let Tanya take the lead on this one. So what kind of things are you sending out to your students when we're in the remote only period and asynchronous asynchronous to build those relationships all right so asynchronously um my team my art music and pe team and we refer to ourselves as amp sometimes we add library and then we call ourselves lamp um our plan and we've approved this with principals and all that is that the very first week of online only we're pushing out a welcome video The second week, we're pushing out one asynchronous... Oh, wait. Let me get back up. Okay. First week, we're putting out a welcome video and me plus art plus music. The three of us are going to do a one synchronous lesson with every class. Okay. Okay? So it'll be a 30-minute, like, synchronous, hey, third grade, Miss Miller's class. We're all on Zoom together. Mm -hmm. And during that time... We are going to be doing some um, connecting community things uh, with those kids, and we are each going to take a turn leading. So, like, get that. to know you games. The get to know you games, kind of games, icebreaker type things. Um, am I? Can I mention the stand up sit down? Or were you going to do? Yeah, that? no, please. Okay, so got a resource from Music Plus Coffee, uh, who put out this great little slide that you can buy at our TPT store, and we'll link it. And it's just stand-up, sit-down. And you could do this purely verbally, but I think it's nice for kids to have the visual plus the aural. So you say, you know, stand up if you would rather sing. Sit down if you'd rather play instruments. Okay. That kind of thing. And she's got some slides in there that you can edit and make your own, cool. right? Stand up if you love singing our school, uh, if you would like to sing our school song. Sit down if you would rather make a dance routine to our school song. I don't know, I'm making up dumb stuff. Um, So the plan is like, I'll take three or three slides of that and then our PE teacher will do three three slides of, of that where it's PE focused and mm-hmm. then our teacher will do three sides, you know, slides that are, um, so this is, a way to get everyone participating in real time. Now, some of the icebreakers that I've come across are not really realistic for an elementary classroom. If you have like 20 kids in the room, it's really hard to go around and do like 
two truths and a lie. That's just not yeah, going to... it has to be quick. It has to be quick, and it kind of has to be, um, you know, in, in, in that big group, right? Also, we can set some norms as far as online live things go, mm-hmm. right? Like, if you have a question, put it in the chat, and then we'll talk about it this time. Right. Um, and that kind of thing. So... 30 minutes goes pretty fast. Oh, yeah. I would, I'm would. i also going to do a sing-along type of thing Fine. for every um, class. And I'll probably do like a primary one and then an older kid one, uh-huh. right? And they'll have their mics off because we all know that that doesn't work too well. Um, I haven't really decided. It'll be probably a call and response. Uh, I haven't decided for the older kids, but with the younger kids, um, I'll probably do something like, um, a wise old owl, which is a you can find in the Fire Robin volumes. Also, I have a video of it of me doing it, so maybe I'll include that. So yeah, so I'm gonna do sing along. We're gonna do an icebreaker thing. I don't know what the PE and art teacher are gonna do with their little bit of time, but this is just kind of like okay, here we are live. All right, week so week two, we are um, doing a asynchronous lesson, and I'm going to be pushing out. Um, I guess it's basically a worksheet through Seesaw or Google. Uh, I'll make it into an exit ticket for the Google Classrooms. And it's just a, a getting to know you that I created. And I will put it on our website if you would like to look at, at it as well. Um, and it's just simply like, you know, my name is this. Um, a favorite song of mine or favorite music type that I like to listen to is this. Something I would like my teacher to know about me is that like, yeah. One of those. So it's like so a worksheet. They would just type their answers. They into. would just type their answers or on Seesaw. They can even record right. themselves or they can draw in or write in their answers. So it's a getting to know you because we know super important to start getting to know your students. Oh, yeah. Right. I want to circle back to the video. Can you talk a little bit more about what Oh, yeah, I know. I was guys... going to circle back. So oh, sorry. Did <laughs> I cut you off? No, no, no. I just, uh, you know, I, I got away with myself. So for our video um, last week, art, music, and PE, we filmed, we each filmed a little section. We filmed a little video and then we put them together and it's, this is the, the welcome video. Now I'm put it, I put it on a thing link, which is a awesome tool. If, if you haven't seen it, you should check it out. We'll put a link to it where there's a picture of us, of art, music, and PE. And I'll, I'll give you access to that particular thing link because I really don't think I'm going to get my, my limit of views on that. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. I was going to say, it could be questionable, but we'll see. I really don't think we okay. have that many people who are going to be looking at it. So, um, and what it is, is when you click on me, there's my video pops up. It's embedded in the thing link. And it says, uh, we, we tried to make it less than two minutes. Like, hi, I'm Miss Lejeune. Here's what I look like with my mask on. Here's what I look like with my mask off. Here's my favorite color, my favorite food, and my hobby. Yeah. And so we just went with that for each one of us. Um, and so you click on us and you get that little video. I put a, I'm making a QR code, or I've made a QR code of that thing link so that when families come during that second week and do their orientation, they can go to that QR code and up, up pops our thing link and our videos that's awesome are you also going to send the link to the thing link like in their google classroom or yes whatever it's also going too? to be the first thing in their their we are going to have a google classroom art music and pe google classroom we are not 
going to be co-teachers within the teacher's Google Classroom because that junks up their Google Classroom. I think it's right. confusing for everybody. So we're doing an AMP Google Classroom. Yeah. Um, yeah. There was something else I wanted to mention um, specifically about the video, and I'm just losing my mind. Um I just want to say, I, I, Tanya shared with me, and I just loved the this is me with my mask on and this is me with my mask off. Like, that, to me, was, was huge because I think about students who might be new to the school and don't know you or mm-hmm. if you're a new teacher at that school, like, that they get that chance to see your whole face and then put put your mask back on. Yeah, and another thing That's we're doing along idea. those lines is we're making buttons at school. I've seen this before. I so we're making... School, um, but I don't want to be in charge of it. <laughs> yeah, this is what everybody says. Um, So I just said we're going to do our team and just like everybody else is on their own, right? We'll do a team. Um, So we're going to make a picture of ourselves without our masks and make it into a button so that when we are at school, we can wear our button. Um. Because we're going to be wearing masks. Can I pay you to make a button for me if I give you a picture of myself? You don't have to pay me. I can just do it. Because um, you guys have a button maker, don't you? We have a couple of button makers. Oh, man. This is what happens when you're married to the art teacher. Well, yeah, actually, that is why. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so, yeah, we're going to make buttons of ourselves, and that'll be good to have. Um, maybe we can make buttons of our bitmoji, buttons of ourselves with masks, buttons without a mask. We'll just wear the buttons and put the pictures on our door. It'll be like... Oh my gosh, I'm dating myself, but you know, office space when they have all the flair. Oh the yeah, it'll be flair. You can, have, you can have all of your flair. We have to get up to our assigned number of flair. Oh my gosh. Okay, so tell us about. All right, so in a nutshell, that that's what that's what the plan no, is. That's awesome. Could change. Could change tomorrow. We could be told that's not going to work. Here, that we keep. I keep coming back to, and I keep reminding others, what is going to. Is, is this going to be overwhelming for families? Is this going to be helpful? Yeah. Because I understand, it seems like, I don't know how it is in other people's worlds, but as the art, as the art, music, and PE teachers, we notice that sometimes classroom teachers come in with this, well, what are you guys doing? Like, right. are you doing enough? Right. And maybe, maybe I, I'm just taking it, I don't know. It seems like sometimes... People think that we don't work as hard as the classroom teachers, and by people I mean classroom teachers. Oh yeah, I know. And do I've you get that? that? Yeah, I yeah. Mean, and and teachers. I, they don't know, they don't understand our world, so I'm going to give them grace with that. Yeah. But whenever that comes up, and whenever an administrator goes, "Well, what are you guys doing?" Um, we are doing things. I just want to keep in mind that the number one thing should be. What do the kids need? need? Is this going to be helpful or is this, am I just doing this for appearances to make other people feel like I'm working enough in their eyes? That's crap. Yeah. Oh, excuse me. I'm sorry. No, that's okay. Um, Yeah. So what's going to be the most helpful to families? I think if we were to be like, everybody get out of Google Classroom, here's a live class and here's a uh, a lesson that you got to do. I think that will start off the year not well and totally overwhelming. I agree. I will say both of my um, schools, the the vibe is definitely less is more right now in these first couple weeks, especially. So I'm on board with that. And luckily, this is because this is the first year we've had to travel between two schools. The classroom teachers are very sympathetic and they're just kind of leaving us alone. So that's good. Plus, they know we're taking on a lot of the remote only kids that we're like no classroom teacher. Well, there might be a few here and there, but most classroom teachers are either teaching in person or remote. We have to do both. Mm-hmm. So because of all that, they know okay, our work. Okay, we don't have to do both. No, okay. Well, 
We've been told there isn't really another choice right now, but that's a whole other issue. Well, that's not your problem either. I know, I know. But, okay, I'm moving on. So, um, as far as the first two weeks go in our building, we're just sending out a little, kind of like what you said, but not even video, just a slideshow. We each made a slide of ourselves with a picture, and here are a few of my favorite things, and I can't wait to see music this year. Done. Oh, yeah, we did that too. We said, we, we can't wait to see you oh, as well. well yeah. of course. Um, and then because we're helping with those orientations, there is no expectation really to put anything out that week. So that's okay. good. So what I'm going to talk about is what I'm going to do the first week or so in person. Yay, give us some specifics. Because I know some of you are in person now. So, you know, I'm saying that I haven't done this yet. These are just my plans, my lesson plans. And I'm, Carrie's got this stack of books. I have books. I am so impressed. She's ready to go. <laughs> so, I mean, this was really inspired a lot by our work reading um, music Education and Social Emotional Learning, The Heart of Teaching Music by Scott Edgar this summer for our book club mm-hmm. and really wanting to be more intentional about including SEL in the music room. And so um, I started going through my books, my library of books, and my children's books, my own personal children's books, and I found a couple that I was like, oh, well, hey, these are actually really good. So I kind of have like two main focuses within this, you know, SEL umbrella as it relates to music for the first, I would say three to four lessons that I'm going to see kids in person. One thing I really want to talk about is um, students' uniqueness and what they can kind of bring to the table in music class. I really want to promote a lot more student voice and choice. And so really... you're focusing first on the individual uniqueness. Yes. And so cool. I have a couple of books that I plan on reading with the kids and kind of using as our inspiration. So I found this book in my own children's library. <laughs> it's called Nine Little Jelly Beans Learn to Get Along. And it actually really speaks a lot to social justice right now because it's all the different colors of the jelly beans and they're all yelling about who is the best color and then they come to the realization that all the colors are good that's what makes life wonderful is we each have our own unique story and our own unique self and how to bring that out in each other so my plan is this is what I'm gonna read to kinder and first grade. Wow, that, and, and you just had that line around. I had this line around. I think my kids' grandparents gave it to them, so I'll link to this book in the show notes. I have no idea where it came from. Like I said, I think my kids' grandparents gave it to them. But then, like, on Seesaw, I'm gonna like, make a, like, a worksheet of, like, a a blank jelly bean, and they're going to get to color and decorate their own jelly bean in a way that represents them. Oh, you are so clever. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so then the same idea then, there is a book called Only One You, but it's also a bilingual book. So Nadie Como Tu is, I believe, how you you would pronounce that. I'm going to work on my pronunciation. This is the book that I'm going to use for uh, second through fourth grade, and it's the same idea, but it's fish. And there's all these little fish, and they're all decorated so beautifully, and they all have their uniqueness. And then it's kind of like life lessons. Like, it gives some, some recommendations for kids about how to be yourself and then how to, how to live your best life kind of a thing, but in a very kid-friendly way. So I'm going to read them this book, which is in English and in Spanish, which I'm so excited about. And then I'm going to have... A little fish for them to color. Are you going and to decorate. read the Spanish? I am going to practice reading the Spanish, and if I feel like I can't do it well by the first day of school, I might get. We have a dual language instructional coach in our building, so I might have her help me make a video or record the Spanish ahead of time. I'm going to see if I can do it though, because I I do pretty well with my Spanish pronunciation when I practice. All right. And get some get some feedback, but yeah, I plan on. Um, 
reading this and then yeah having them decorate a little fishy on oh Seesaw. that's so great and then the third book i want to mention well i actually have one more after this too but this book is called the book of mistakes and this is what i'm going to focus on with um fifth grade and sixth grade um this is actually a book i picked up in portland when we were at oh. what's the bookstore and no, i can't remember the name of it powell's powell's the big bookstore the last time we were outside of colorado i know isn't that crazy so yeah when we were at powell's bookstore and we were in portland for oak I found this book on the clearance rack and it's beautiful. It's called The Book of Mistakes and it's basically like I made this splotch on a paper which was a mistake and then it turns into this beautiful artwork because they added this but then this was a mistake. So yeah, it's focusing on uniqueness but it's also really focusing on owning your mistakes and, and that our mistakes are beautiful and that they, they make us us and it's okay to make mistakes. That's kind of my focus more with the older students. Mm-hmm. And so again... Um, on either Seesaw or Google Classroom or on paper. I haven't quite decided exactly how I'm going to do it. I'm basically going to give them paper with a big splotch on it, and then I'm going to ask them. I know this sounds very artsy for music, but I'm going to ask them to create, like, an artistic representation that represents their uniqueness, but specifically about music. So I'm going to ask them to incorporate something musical in there, whether it's an instrument they'd like to play or music that they like to listen to at home, just something that represents them in their musical life, specifically. So they're going to make an artistic representation of themselves in music. So that's like the first couple days, right, is is we're going to do a lot of this kind of stuff, um, focusing on individuality, uniqueness, and what makes them special. And then we're going to transition from there into talking about emotions in music. And then to, to... this book that I, I'm almost positive, Tanya, that you and your family gave my, my daughter this book when she was born. I, I'm almost positive. It's called Happy. And what it is is it's, again, fish, but each page is a different fish and there's different emotions. And it's not just happy. There's surprised. There's furious. There's proud. I'm just flipping through. And there's these beautiful illustrations that represent So I'm going to show the students this book, and then I'm going to have some examples that I bring in of music that, to me, represent these emotions. And then at some point, this is where I'm still pushed, you know, figuring out the exacts, I'm going to push out some sort of a um, a worksheet for them to do where they're identifying emotions in music. And one of the worksheets that that I'm going to use, I'm going to give a shout out to Jess from Music and Motivate. She has a great little packet of worksheets on Teachers Pay Teachers called First Day of Music Class Worksheets. And some of them I'm going to use for the individualism kind of stuff because it's like this or that or, you know, my favorites. Right. You know, those kind of worksheets. But then she also has one about emotions in music called Emoji Emotions where where you can embed your own pieces of music, either as an audio file or YouTube, uh-huh. the kids can click on it, they can listen to the music, and then they can drag an emoji down that they think represents what that music sounds like. That's awesome. So I'm going to be using that. And then for my older students, using, um, you know, the, the book that we read, the Music and Social Emotional Learning, there was a an assignment, a project, an activity in there about students creating a playlist yeah. that represents yeah, their life. Yeah, I'm going to be using that as well. So that is another project I'm going to be using with my 5th and 6th graders, specifically at the beginning of the year, kind of tying in 
both the individual thing and the emotional thing because I really I'm I haven't exactly formulated it yet but I really want to get to like what's a piece of music that you like to listen to when you're happy what's mm-hmm. a piece of music you like to listen to when you're frustrated and like kind of having them identify those personal connections to the emotions and can music. I can I get kind of specific on that yeah on that assignment I've been kind of thinking about that um, and thinking through exactly how that is going to look. How many questions or emotions or pieces of music do you think would be appropriate to ask for older kids? Because I ask because I noticed last spring um, when I just asked for one piece of music, um, some of them were kind of stumped. Really? Yeah. So I'm thinking like around three or four. I think I was thinking they would have to do at least three and then give them an opportunity to extend and do more for those kids who really want to put it out there okay. and do more. And are you asking them to write it out? Are you asking them to link it from YouTube? Here's the thing. Do you think kids listen to um, music through YouTube more often yes. or Spotify? They probably don't all I'm going to say in if hands down at least my homeschool where I know the kids well it's YouTube okay. um, because I think a lot of our kids do not pay for a subscription service like Spotify um, I've also heard that they listen to a lot of things on SoundCloud and yeah I'm not sure how that works I don't know if this SoundCloud free I don't even know yeah it is well not for us um, <laughs> uh, but yeah it, it's free to just listen okay so I yeah they they definitely do a lot with YouTube and free streaming things um I don't know about my second school yet okay but I, like I said I haven't exactly made the specific activity yet because it's still a few weeks out before I'm actually going to teach this but Likely it would be them just linking and listing titles and music. I might ask them to give like a sentence or two description or explanation of why, but I haven't decided exactly yet. Okay. I mean, I I really want it to be student-driven, so maybe I'll give them a choice, you know, especially if I'm doing something like on Seesaw where they can record themselves or something and they can talk about it rather than writing. Wait a minute, but Seesaw, does that line up with the grades you're doing? So I'm going to have Google Classroom be like our home base, but I'm still going to link to Seesaw. Like even with the older kids? Yeah. Oh. I plan on it because honestly, there's so much more you can do with Seesaw as far as their response, their ways they can respond. I mean, okay. So if I was doing just Google Classroom, then I would like maybe link to a Flipgrid where they talk about it. Yeah. But I mean, I I don't know. I haven't decided the specifics. I just know that there are things that I, I have been using Seesaw for years with my older students for like recorder testing and those kind of things. So they're used to it. They know how to use Seesaw. Mm -hmm. So once I have them set up in their Google Classroom, then I'm going to also, I plan on setting up a Seesaw classroom and linking certain activities to Seesaw. Okay. That's my plan. Yeah. I even used Seesaw last year with 7th and 8th graders. Yeah. It didn't really phase them. I mean, I don't, I didn't get any pushback about it being babyish. No, I've never heard and, students say that. I know some teachers have said I, that. Yeah. And I know that that's the worry. And I, I, if you were teaching like high school, I totally understand that. But yeah. But I think older elementary, they're not going to mind and they're going to appreciate that they can draw their answer or they can, you know, I mean, even older kids, I would Mm -hmm. hope, would appreciate that. So that's my plan. Lots of focus on SEL and what makes you you and Mm -hmm. what what you bring to the table in our music class and then emotions and music is kind of where I'm going to go with that next. And you know what? I am thinking I don't have the specifics that you have and these are excellent activities but along the same lines, I was also going to dive deep with the social emotional. And I have to keep reminding myself that 
for us to not be zoning in on specific melodic concepts or rhythmic concepts is okay. Yes. I keep having to stop myself because my usual trajectory at this point was like, all right, here comes our year plan and here comes the concepts and here comes, you know, and I can't, I, I'm really trying to have a paradigm shift in my planning this year because it just, for so many reasons, and it's not just because it's of, of it's not because of the, um, corona pandemic it's because of the everything pandemic everything needs to shift yes yeah agreed so keep remembering that it's okay in these first couple weeks it's going to be a lot of listening and and talking about the big why of music Mm -hmm. and then yeah we might get to those more specific you know western notation literacy kodai traditional concepts later down the road i Mm -hmm. plan on still they're not going away no but it's definitely at the beginning of the year not where i'm starting with kids we're not going to hit the ground running with let's remember how to read tas and tts yeah because let's remember that they don't care about that if they don't care about Let's what? talk about how music can can serve you during this time. Yes, exactly. And yeah. that's that's what I wanted to do in the spring. It's hard to see if, if that really happened with kids. But yeah. first comes relationships and communities. Then comes connecting to music with our emotions and communities. Then comes the specifics of whatever you want to describe as music literacy. Right. Yeah. That's a whole other topic. Oh, yeah. move into a segment we're calling Know Better, Do Better, where we re-examine some practices or maybe some literature, something that we're just going to do differently, take out, replace, whatever. And Tanya's going to talk about something and also throw in and we're smarter, smarter not, not harder. harder at the same time. Because we need those too. Yeah, we're multitasking. We're trying. We're, we're trying to work smarter, not harder. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. So what would you like to talk to us about All right. Today, well, okay. Um, first, I want to start with a tiny little, uh, not a disclaimer, an ex, well, I don't know. Uh, okay. Hey, <laughs> I did a lot of reading and learning over the summer. Never done. Never done. Uh, the biggest thing I learned is that I have so much more to learn as far as any kind of approach to decolonizing my specific music room. And let's be realistic. I've got lots and lots of, of training and education myself that, um, you know, I, I can't change everything over a summer. I can't right. change everything. Anyway, and I'm not saying that to make an excuse. I am saying I need to remember that if I want to make changes, I've got to focus on one thing at a time. So this is my one thing as far as um, no better, do better. I am been taking a hard look at the books that I read to students in my music room. Most of the time, they are already songs or they are somehow music related. And occasionally, I have songs or excuse me, books that are not specifically music related. It's not hard to always tie in music because, as we were just discussing in the last segment, Carrie, you can always find a song that can go along with whatever emotion or even with whatever mood that might be set by the book. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Totally. All right. So I want to make sure I include more mirrors for my students as far as more books where they see themselves, yes. right? At my, at both of my schools, primarily the population I teach are white. However, I do have um, students from other 
cultures and other backgrounds and other everything. Um, and it's not as much, but the the white kids need to see people besides themselves too. Well, sure. So <laughs> anyway, that's to say that this is going to be my focus as we begin the school year is making sure I'm very intentional, intentional about including uh, students of all different colors and races and cultures and, and that kind of thing. All right. So I'm including more literature like that. Also, as far as the work Smarter Not Harder, I'm doing a lot of things online as far as making videos of me reading books as we all are doing or me singing books or me singing and accompanying myself on the guitar or dulcimer or piano as I read the book. That's That was taking up a lot of my time in the spring because I was like taking PDF snapshots of books. I know yeah. we're not supposed to talk about that because there's copyright issues, but it, during but this... But not if you own the book. Well, but if you own the book and you're taking pictures of it and then you're showing it to a, a, a lot of people, I, I guess don't know. as long as you're giving like a controlled link and it's not like public where anyone exactly. in the world can see it. Well, yeah. So that's a little tedious. Well, yeah. 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 And uh, I know especially my husband, the art teacher, he spent a lot of time like oh, dabbling in other apps and making it, like, turn the page and getting fancy with that, (laughs) which is cool. However, um, we have, like, readers, um, electronic readers, not just Kindles that we hold in our hands, but, like, you can get a Kindle Cloud Reader on Amazon that will page through a book, and you can purchase it specifically for your Kindle, and then you can open up the iCloud Reader, and you can click through the book right on your laptop. So here's my plan um, with some of my new books, and one that I'm focusing on right now is The Day You Begin by Jacqueline Woodson, which is a lovely book about diverse uh, students in the first days of school. Um, I got the Kindle ebook of this, and I open it up on the Cloud Reader, and I'm going to go to Loom, and I'm going to record myself reading this book. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the work smarter, not harder, is if you're going to be buying books anyway, which I'm always buying books, you might as well now, if you plan to do it in an online environment or even just on a smart board or projected, we might as well start using, you know, these beautiful, already done for you readers. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking about that with all these books that I've mentioned in the last segment is how am I actually going to read these to these in two kids in person with a physical book? Cause we can't do the whole gather up in the cozy corner and, mm-hmm. and listen to Miss Nicholas read, which makes me so sad. No, me and too. I know it's, you know, temporary, but at the same time, what a great idea to just buy it in a way that's beautiful and it's flattened because I'm thinking what I'm going to have to do with these books that I already own is put them under the document camera. And you get the glare and you and have yeah, to fold things well, down. And you're seeing the crack in the book and you can never see the whole two-page spread. Yeah, that so is I'm a bummer. have to shift the book back and forth where like with this, you see the whole two-page spread of the book without the seam down the middle and it's just, you see the pictures and it's beautiful. Right. What a great idea. Yeah. time for our CODA section where we will share a professional or personal thing that's rocking your world. Yeah. Carrie. Yeah. All right. Well, there's a new podcast out that I want to give mention to. Um, Coloring the Melody with Darlene and Nora yeah. is a wonderful podcast. They have a few episodes out and I love their 
um, perspective as music educators and both women of color. Um, it's, I've just really enjoyed listening to their perspective and yeah, it's just a great podcast. And I so love that we, there's another music good podcast with two Women. Two women and yeah. two hosts, and that's awesome. Yeah, they're yeah. rocking it. But I want to give a specific shout-out to, um, I don't know that their episodes necessarily have numbers. I couldn't figure that out. But it's called um, Thoughts on Social Emotional Learning. Um, and it just tied in so perfectly because we had been reading, you know, the book, Social Emotional Learning Scott Edgar's book. So um, anyways, Darlene specifically um, had taken a class with Dr. Edgar. So she was mm -hmm. talking about it from her point of view as having been in his class, but also a music education teacher and a woman of color. Just all of her thoughts on that. I'm not going to sit here and rehash it because you should go listen to it yourself. Yeah, it's you need to listen to her because as much as we stumbled over trying to express our um, confusions about that, we are two white ladies. And yeah. so go listen to someone who's not Exactly. Yeah. So great podcast, specifically the social emotional learning episode. I really enjoyed, but all of them have been great. So nice job, ladies. Yay. All right, Tanya, you're up. All right. I'm going to drop two things because just because um, first thing is just for fun. There is a podcast out called Movie Therapy Ooh. and it also has two um, co-hosts and it's put out by um, one of the same hosts of um, the podcast by the book where they uh, talk about living by self-help books anyway so movie therapy is where and there's two hosts and they're and they're pretty um, short episodes like 30 minutes but people write in and they go you know what I've been feeling lonely and I miss co-workers can you recommend movies or tv shows that help me deal with that emptiness and Aww. and it's great because the two co-hosts say oh well go watch this movie because it'll give you that feeling or whatever nice um so uh, that's just been so much fun and it just I can't watch the movies or the tv shows but it's nice to listen about them right because you don't have time because I don't have time. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I should have been I, doing this in the summer. Mine would be like, and I'm sure someone said it, like, I need things that help me forget and, like, shut everything out and pretend like everything is normal just for a couple of hours. Well, there's a movie for that. I'm sure there is. So you should listen to the podcast. Okay, cool, right. cool. Um, and then my second recommendation that I, I keep coming back to this poem over and over again. So there is a um, blogger by... Uh, I think he's also a music teacher. He must be. Um, and his blog goes by the title of Decolonize Music Ed. Nate Holder is his name. And his hashtag Decolonize Music Ed. And the decolonize is with an S, not a <laughs> yeah. Z. Um, because I think he's English. Yes. Yeah. Um, as evidenced by this latest video. So he wrote a poem a few weeks back that he included on his blog titled If I Were a Racist, which is excellent. I, I've been I've read it several times, but just very recently he put out a video of him reading his poem and including images. So we're gonna give a link to If I Were a Racist, the video. Yeah. And he talks about racism in music education. It is just lots to think about. Excellent stuff. Yep. We've reached the double bar line. Thank you for listening to Music Teacher Coffee Talk. 
Show notes can be found at musicteachercoffeetalkpodcast.com. You can connect with us on Facebook or Instagram or via email. Just look for Music Teacher Coffee Talk. If you email us, Music Teacher Coffee Talk Podcast. No. Nope. Just Music Teacher Coffee Talk at gmail.com. Uh, duh. Okay, thank you. If you enjoyed this show, please consider subscribing, rating, and leaving us a review on iTunes to help others find this podcast. In our next episode, we'll be discussing specific lesson ideas and strategies for socially distant music learning. Oh, yes. Until next time, this is Carrie. And this is Tanya wishing you happy musicking.